Okay, we are ready to begin. If you'd like to come in and find a seat. Welcome again. I invite you to come in and find a seat. It is so good to see all of you here this morning. Welcome to Easter Sunday, to Resurrection Sunday as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. We are so glad to uh, be together in the church family to, uh, to celebrate this morning. Our theme for the last few Sundays has been this theme, Come Alive. And, uh, and today, the, the focus, the title of, of this morning is Alive Forever. And I, I, was, I was thinking this week about our celebration here this morning. I was thinking of all the Christian holidays, of all the Christian celebrations, the events of Holy Week, the, this past week that we've been celebrating, stand as, as most important. What happened 2,000 years ago? in a remote city of the Roman Empire, thousands of miles away from Elm, Mannheim, Linnitz, Pennsylvania, thousands of miles away from here, what happened then has rocked the entire world. And, and all of humanity has never been the same since that first Holy Week. And as we, as we noticed last week, not just every person, but all of creation, every Every rock, every tree, every part of the universe, every solar system, every bit of creation is impacted by the events of that first Holy Week 2,000 years ago. And if you remember your scripture, Holy Week begins with Palm Sunday, which we celebrated last week. Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And Holy Week continues with his... Last Supper with his disciples. Holy Week continues with the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then with his arrest, his false accusation. He was mocked, he was jeered, he was flogged. And it all seems to end with his terrible execution on Good Friday. That seems to be the end of it all. But Sunday was coming. Holy Week ends with Resurrection Sunday. And, and all that Jesus had foretold all along happened exactly as he said it was going to happen. And so we go into the story this morning, Matthew, Matthew 28. After the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. All throughout this time of Holy Week and before, Jesus had been clearly telling his disciples that he was going to Jerusalem, that he was going to be arrested, that he was going to be mistreated, 
and that he was going to be tortured and eventually he was going to be killed and that he was going to be raised to life. Jesus had been warning his disciples this was coming, but they did not or could not understand what he was saying. And so later we see throughout uh, at least three of the four Gospels, the women and the disciples were again reminded repeatedly by the angels, he is not here, he has risen as he said. As he said, uh, the Gospel of Mark says, then you will see him just as he told you. He told you this was going to happen. And the Gospel of Luke says, on the third day he would be raised again. And then they remembered the words he had previously said. So Jesus had over and over told them that this was going to happen. And then finally uh, they begin to understand that, oh yeah, this is what he said was going to happen. It must have been like this light bulb moment, you know, where they stopped and realized, oh yeah, you know, he did tell us that this was going to happen, didn't he? Yeah, we remember now that Jesus said this was going to happen. And then maybe they began to think, what else did Jesus tell us was going to happen? Maybe another light bulb moment. John chapter 13, where Jesus said, Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so uh, now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. So maybe the second light bulb moment was that Jesus had told them that he was leaving them soon, and that he wouldn't be with them, and, and that they wouldn't be able to come along to where he was going. Jesus said in John chapter 14, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm going there to prepare. I won't be with you anymore. I'm going to heaven, and I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And then perhaps the third light bulb would have been, Jesus said, John chapter 14, If I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. So not only did Jesus say he was going to be raised from the dead, not only did he say that he was going back to heaven, but the third aha moment, the third light bulb is that Jesus said, I'm coming back. I'm going to be here back with you. Jesus said he's coming back here again. So we're sort of in that in-between phase of, of light bulb two and three because Jesus said he was going to heaven, but he hasn't come back yet. So where is Jesus now? We believe the Bible says he is at the right hand of God. And, and he, is, he is there interceding for, for us. He is interceding for the saints. Now, I don't know if you've ever perhaps read a book or, or viewed a movie. And you got to the end of it and you said, wow, I really don't know what the author was trying to say. Uh, have you ever, ever done that, watched a TV show or something? And, and you get to the end of it and say, what was the point of all that? I don't understand what, what that person was trying to say. What was the point of the article? Well, the Apostle John in his gospel clearly explains what the story of Jesus is all about. And we boil it down to like one verse in the whole New Testament that explains what all this is about. John chapter 20 and, and uh, verse 30 says, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But, and here's the whole point, the whole point of everything, these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, 
and that by believing you may have life in his name. You want the point of the whole Bible? That's it right there. That, that's the whole point of the, of the Easter story right there, boiled down to, to one sentence, so that you can have life, so that you can come alive. That's a weird thing to say, isn't it? If I'm reading the words of John, that must mean I'm alive. Do any of you not have life in you this morning? <laughs> Dead people can't read John's gospel. So uh, he must be talking to people who are alive and, and breathing, right? He must be talking about some other kind of life and death because everyone who's reading the gospel is obviously alive. And I believe that John is pointing to some other definition, some other point about life and death than what we normally think about life and death. That perhaps you can have a, a living, breathing body with a heart that's beating, but still be somehow dead inside. Romans chapter 5, the Apostle Paul says, Just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin. So death spread to all men because all sinned. It's sort of like, I won't ask you to raise your hands, but it's like that TV show, The Walking Dead, you know, where you, you can sometimes find spiritual, godly applications even through some of the most bizarre things you can see on, on TV or movies. Because the, the TV show, The Walking Dead, is like these, these zombies who are, who are walking around, and they have some form of life, but really they're dead on the inside. They're alive on the outside physically, but dead on the inside. And perhaps I think that's what uh, uh, the apostle uh, John and, and Paul are talking about, that people can be alive physically, but be dead on the inside spiritually. Paul also says in Romans 6 that for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I seem to have failed in my PowerPoint here. Uh, okay. So God invites us to come alive spiritually on the inside by believing in Jesus. God has new life. God has new power available for you. And even though you may be walking uh, around uh, physically alive on the outside, God wants you to come alive to him spiritually on the inside. God has new life, new power available for you. And it all sounds pretty impossible, doesn't it? Because the, there are numerous things in the Bible and numerous things that Jesus said and did that sound really, really impossible to us with our natural minds. I call them possible impossibilities, things that look just completely impossible, and yet with God's help and with God's power, they are possible. Jesus calls this transformation of coming to life being born again. And, and he talks in John chapter 3, he's talking to Nicodemus, and he, he calls this transformation like an adult going back into his or her mother and coming out a, as a baby, as a new life. It sounds crazy. It sounds impossible. But the Bible says we can be born into new life. We can be born with a whole new life and second chances for, for everything. So what are some of those impossible things that Jesus says are now possible? Born a second time. Born again. Death, dead coming back to life. Because, you know, when Jesus was walking this earth, 
and, and he came across people, dead people, came back to life. He laid his hands and he prayed and he got to Lazarus's tomb and he said, Lazarus, Lazarus is dead inside. He'd been dead for, for days and he was all wrapped up and he was probably starting to, you know, decompose. They, they said, don't, don't go close there, Jesus, because he's probably starting to, to smell bad. You know, he, he's, he's dead. He's really dead. And Jesus gets up to, to the tomb of Lazarus and, and just calls out, Lazarus, come forth, come out. And the crowd waits and looks, and all of a sudden, here he comes. The dead man is alive, and he's walking out of his, his own grave. Dead people come to life. Dead things come to life. When Jesus is around, dead things come to life. Possible impossibilities. The hopeless are given hope when Jesus is around. Orphans and outcasts and the homeless are included and invited in. They find families, and, and they find parents when Jesus is around. People get healed when Jesus is around. Jesus himself, you know, the sacrifice for our sins on the cross. And the Bible says he has died once for every person, for every one of us. He only had to die one time. And he'll never have to, to die again. He is alive forever. And so as a result, we too, like the walking dead, each of us spiritually dead on the inside until we come to Jesus. We too can come alive. We too can have eternal life. We too can come alive spiritually on the inside and never go back to that old death-filled way of living. And so you can come alive to the new you. Romans chapter 6, just, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And so each of us, before we came to Jesus, were dead on the inside spiritually. That was, that was me before I came to Jesus. I was dead on the inside, just like uh, one, of those, one of those zombies. Water baptism is God's symbol of new birth and a new you. What does that mean? That means you repent. You turn away from the, the sins, everything that you know to be wrong in your life. You repent. You believe in Jesus, that he took the penalty for your sins. You believe in him, and then you are you're baptized in water as, a, as an outward symbol of what God is, is doing on the inside. You come alive to the new you. You come alive as you are filled with God's Holy Spirit. Many Christians ask, well, that was great. Jesus was walking around healing people and raising people from the dead. But how can I do that? How can I ever have the power to do what Jesus did? It's only when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's only when we're filled with Holy Spirit power that we can do the same things that Jesus did when he was here on earth. Only by the power of his Spirit living in us. Romans 8, if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your immortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So that same God, that same spirit that filled Jesus and raised Jesus from the dead can live inside of us and give us resurrection power on the inside. Now, there's a, uh, I want to show you 
this morning a, a really uh, cool music video that I think really is, illustrates this part about resurrection power on the inside. So uh, if you're watching this online, I apologize. We have to cut off the audio uh, temporarily because of copyright issues of, of playing something that's already copyrighted. So we're going to play it here, here for you this morning. Uh, if you're watching online, you'll be able to see the, the, uh, the video, but you won't be able to have the uh, audio. So let's go ahead and, and play the, uh, the video.
Amen. So this morning, you too can come alive to Jesus. This morning, you too can believe in Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. This morning, you too can be washed. You can be baptized. You can come into, into new life in, in Jesus. And so you can come alive to a new purpose, to a new destiny, to a new identity. Because often people have, have asked me, and I believe that at some point, every person on earth asks the basic questions of who am I, and why am I here, and what's my purpose? And often we try to answer those questions by, by describing what we do for a living. We try to describe um, what our hobbies are. And so uh, we try to describe who we are or why we're here by where they live or their ethnic or cultural connections. And when I become a Christian, when I come to Jesus, that is my identity. It really doesn't matter whether or not I have a job where I work and how much money I make. It really doesn't matter whether I live in poverty or luxury. It doesn't matter whether I have a role of power or, or powerlessness. It doesn't matter uh, uh, where exactly I live or how I live. It, it matters, though, that when I become a Christian, that's my identity. That's who I am. My identity is that I'm a child of my Heavenly Father. My identity is that I am loved by God. I'm part of His family. My identity is that, that I am part of God's family. I'm a child, a son, or a daughter of, of my Heavenly Father. That's my new identity. That's who I am. And so when Jesus was around here on earth, healings happened. Miracles happened. Dead things come to life. And so as you are filled with, with new life, you can begin to bring dead things to life around you as well. And you can begin to pray prayers of life, and you can begin to, to speak prophetic words of life, and, and you can begin speaking into people around you in your neighborhood, your schools, your, your workplaces, your fellow students, and, and your fellow employees. So I have a blessing that I want to just speak over each one of you here today, and we're going to have prayer ministers to come to, to pray with you here this morning. If you've never taken that step of saying, yes, I'm going to believe in Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior, we'd love to pray with you and help you to see that happen in your life, to see new life happen inside of you, uh, where uh, you may be feeling dead inside. So I'd like you to stand. I'm going to speak this, uh, this blessing over you this morning. So I bless each one of you this week in the name of Jesus. And this week, may the resurrection power of Jesus flow from you. This week, may you touch others with hope and life. This week, each of you, may encouragement flow out from you to others. This week, may the healing power of Jesus flow out of you, touching people around you. May you call Lazaruses out of their graves in the name of Jesus. This week, may the dead, physically dead, spiritually dead, come to life because you are there in Jesus' name. I'd like to invite our prayer ministers to come. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for resurrection power that fills us because 
The, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, isn't just a, a footnote in history that happened 2,000 years ago, but it touches our lives here today, April 21st, 2019, in Elm, Pennsylvania, Northern Lancaster County. So thank you, Lord, that this uh, event that happened 2,000 years ago still has great eternal significance and power for us today. Lord, would you fill us fresh and new with your Holy Spirit today? Lord, we thank you for resurrection power filling, uh, filling each one of us today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, as we go from here, may we be the channels, the conduits of your power, your love, your grace, your healing, touching our worlds around us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We invite you to come forward for